All right, everybody, let's grab, we're going to get back to our seats and get into God's Word today. Who's ready for the Word of the Lord? Amen. Awesome. Me too. Me too. It's good to be back with you today uh, from uh, out on vacation last week. Good to be back with you this morning. Uh, we're, we're in our, our vein of our summer series called The Epistles. Last week, uh, my pastor, Pastor Fred Bennett, was here. Uh, how many of you were here last week? Uh, I, yeah, most good. Hey, that's awesome. Uh, he, very encouraging word, very challenging word about transformation and uh, allowing God to really, truly transform our lives uh, with His will and His way. And I appreciate Him coming in for me last week. Uh, also, we had a blessing send-off for one of our members, uh, Carl Shimaleski, uh, moved to Iowa, took a new job, branching out, flying out of the nest, and uh, out on his own now. So... Uh, a lot of you were a part of that last week, and, um, and he is, I heard he made it safely to his destination yesterday, so that's good. Well, again, continuing with epistles, we're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 1 today. 2 Timothy chapter 1 is where we're going to be this morning. Uh, what a wonderful time of praise and worship. Amen. Aren't you grateful for our praise and worship team and all of those a part of that? Amen. Very, very good. We're going to be in 2 Timothy chapter 1 this morning. And then here in a little bit, we're going to flip pages and go to chapter 4. All right, everybody there ready to go? It'll be on the screen too to follow along. Let's pray over today's message. God, thank you for your word. I know sometimes we don't appreciate it or really... Uh, show gratefulness towards it, but Lord, I, I thank you for it today, and I pray that you will shed your light on it by your Spirit, open our eyes to it, help us to see and understand it in a greater way than we ever have before. I pray, oh God, you would give us ears to hear, a heart to receive, and help me, Lord, to speak as though you were speaking with your heart, with your frame of mind, by your Spirit today, I pray, and it will truly do what it's intended to do, to to lead us, to guide us, and to change us, and to bring us closer in our faith to you, our great shepherd. We pray this today in Jesus' name. Everybody can say amen. amen. All right. This letter, 2 Timothy, is the second letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy. Timothy was his protege, his son in the faith, his son in the ministry, spiritually speaking, was not his biological son, but it was one of his spiritual sons that he raised up, discipled, mentored, and put him in charge of a church in Ephesus and uh, to be a pastor. And so this is uh, written during a time when Paul was in prison. It was very late in life, very late in ministry, and scholars say that this was perhaps Paul's last letter to ever be written. And he chose to write his last letter, at least what he perhaps thought was going to be his last letter to his spiritual son, Timothy. Uh, and, and we get to dive in and partake of what he has to say. Here's the, here's the theme of, of today's uh, message and what, what we're picking up out of, out, of, out of this story today, and that is affirmation. I've titled today's message, The Affirming Name of God. The Affirming Name of God. And so we're going to be looking at what uh, Paul talks to Timothy about and how it relates to us today. You know, affirmation is something uh, that is important to all of us and necessary in life. 
uh, I think we all, whether we would admit it or not, we, we all are looking to be affirmed. Uh, looking to be affirmed in certain things. Uh, sometimes we want to be infer- affirmed in, in the things that really don't really matter. Things that don't really chalk up to, to eternity. Uh, in fact, I think that's kind of the day and time we live in pretty pretty. Uh, realistic as we live in a day and time, people want to be affirmed in a lot of different things, a lot of different lifestyle choices, regardless if it lines up to the word of God or God's ways or his kingdom or not. A lot of people want to be affirmed in certain things and certain choices, certain appearances, certain styles and all these different things. But deep down in the heart of man, in the heart of humanity, is we, we want to be affirmed. We, we need to be encouraged. And, and the th- sad thing about this is, as I mentioned is it's not always rooted in the right, in the right perspective. It's oftentimes miscued and, and not looked upon in the right way because, like I said, people, we want to we be affirmed in a lot of different things. But here's what I believe what one of the things Paul is trying to get across to Timothy and get across to, to us today is, is being affirmed in the things of God. I think that's probably one of the greatest things any person, any one of us can be affirmed in is knowing that we're on target with the Lord. We're moving in His direction. We're walking towards Him. We're walking with Him. We're in step with what He has for our life. And, and, and affirmation is something that, um, that really, we, we really need a lot more of it, quite honestly. We, we need to be more aware of how we can affirm and encourage each other in the things of God. Because let's just face it, sometimes we get discouraged, right? Anybody ever get discouraged? Sometimes we get disappointed. Anybody ever get disappointed? Sometimes we, we, can, we can start to fight that, that, that enemy of, 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 of being, you know, loss of, of heart and, and, and growing weary and trying to do good and those types of things. And sometimes when we, when we go through those moments and we go through seasons like that, oftentimes we can, we can fall to deception of, of the enemy that would lie to us and tell us it's not worth even trying, that it's not worth getting back up again and moving forward. And we go through life, and life has some power punches. Life has, seems at times has some knockout punches, but, but I love the thing about serving God, and that is the Bible tells us that though a righteous person will fall seven times, he will get back up again. You see, there's, a, there's always the element of arising and coming back up because it's demonstrated in the validity of the life of Jesus Christ in the death, burial, and the resurrection. That that is a guarantee and a promise of God that, that we can always come back up. And God is always pulling us up. And God is always calling us upward. I talked about that a couple of weeks ago in the book of Philippians where Paul encouraged us, this one thing I do is forget the past. I look forward to what lies ahead so that I can press on and reach that upward call of God that is in Christ Jesus. And so uh, we, can, we can fall into that. But the reality is this and when it comes to affirmation. We may not always be around people to encourage us in the right things. There's going to become times in life when we're going to be, where, we're, where there's going to be a crowd around us that's not going to affirm and encourage us in the things of God. And there's going to be times when, when we're going through some things in life and we're going to we go through some battles and we go through some trials that, that there, there's not that right person around us to tell us what we need to hear. And so what do we do then? What do we find ourselves in? And I think the answer lies in what Paul 
uh, prescribes to Timothy. And so Paul begins to teach Timothy a real important life and spiritual lesson. And that is those who are spiritually mature, those who are after Christ, following Jesus, and want to grow in the Lord need to do this thing, and that is this. We need to learn to encourage ourselves in the Lord. It's great to have people. It's nice when people, man, boy. I appreciate you so much. You're doing such a good job. You keep on serving the Lord like you're doing because your gift is, is encouraging my life, right? Those are good to get, and those are needed, and those are necessary, but we're going to find, we, we will find ourselves, and you have already, find yourself in a day and time, in a place in life where there's not going to be that happening. And we're going to have to learn as spiritually mature beings is, hey, I cannot just rely on the human factor, I have to rely on the supernatural factor of God. God being faithful in my life, regardless if people are or not, right? And so, and that, that, that is where Paul comes in with this right here. And so let's look, let's pick up right here in the beginning. 2 Timothy 1 verse 1, it says this, This letter is from Paul, chosen by the will of God to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. And he said, I have been sent out to tell others about the life he has promised through faith in Christ Jesus. And I am writing to Timothy, my dear son, may God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord give you grace and mercy and peace. So Paul starts off and he's writing, he said, look, I'm called to preach the gospel to the world. I'm called to go tell everybody about about the name of Jesus. But here in this moment in time, I'm stopping to make this personal. And I'm writing to you, my son, Timothy. And I'm reminding you of something. He goes on to share this. He said, verse 3, Timothy, I thank God for you, the God I serve with a clear conscience, just as my ancestors did. Night and day, I constantly remember you in my prayers. I long to see you again, for I remember your tears as we parted, and I will be filled with joy when we are together again. You begin to see at the beginning of this letter, Paul and Timothy share a very close relationship. Share a very close relationship like a father to a son. Paul, a spiritual father to Timothy, a spiritual son in the faith. They had this this unique relationship that they fostered and they created and, and followed up on and built and it was sustaining. And Paul reminding Timothy, hey, I pray for you when I think of you and I think of you a lot, Timothy, because you're you're special to me, and I pray for you all the time. And in fact, I was reminded when, we, when I had to leave, and I had to, we were de- when we were departing ways, and parting ways, that you were crying. And he said, I long to see you again, because I know it's going to put joy in your heart. Isn't, isn't when you've not been around somebody that you don't live around, and you come back together, and you see each other again, there's just this, especially people you like, there's this joy, and there's this goodness that you feel, and, and there's this com- sense of camaraderie. Uh, that, that, that begins to fill your heart. And, and Paul's relaying that to Timothy. We may be separated, but I, I want you to know we're not separated. You, we may be separated by proximity and, and time, but my heart is for you. My heart is with you. And I want you to know that I'm here to encourage you. I'm here to affirm you, Timothy. There's some things I need to get across to you. And, and so that's, that's kind of the way he, he's going after it. And then starting in verse 5, he begins to lay out what it is he's going to affirm him in and encourage him. And, and a life spiritual lesson that Timothy's going to need to remember and live by. And he goes on, verse 5, he says this, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother and 
your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I know that same faith continues strong in you. So he's starting out, and he said, look, Timothy, I'm affirming you, man. Your faith is real. Your faith is genuine, and your faith is strong. In fact, your faith is two generations deep. That's pretty, that's pretty good. See, your faith is two generations deep. It's strong, and it's genuine, and it means something. He said, I, and I want to affirm that, Timothy. You might, you might be going through some things right now, Timothy, but I want to I reassure you, your faith will not fail you because your faith is genuine. Your faith is strong. I don't know about you, but that's some good kind of affirmation to get when, when your life is, has been, going, when you're going through some stuff when things aren't working out and things might be difficult or things might be tough, to get words of affirmation like that. Hey, your faith is strong. You're going you're gonna to make it. Your faith is genuine. You've got people on your side and you've got people behind you who are pulling for you and pushing for you and they're rooting for you and they're praying for you. That's, that's some good affirmation to get. But then Paul turns and he says, but you also need to remember this too, Timothy, verse 6. He said, this is why I remind you to fan into flames the spiritual gift God gave you when I laid my hands on you. For God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power and of love and of self-discipline. So Paul not only affirms Timothy's faith, but then he tells Timothy, Timothy, you also need to encourage yourself in God. You need to fan into flames the spiritual gift of God that's on the end side of you. In other words, Timothy, you need to stir up the gift. When it says fan into flaming, you need to stir up God's gift in you. You need to keep that blaze burning. You don't need to grow cold in your heart towards God. And it, regardless of what's happening, and let's, let's just pause right there for a moment. Because that can happen to any of us. Things happening to us, things happening around us, that our response can be one of two ways. We can grow cold and we can grow distant in our heart with God and allow the gifts of God to get dormant because, man, we're just being overwhelmed by stuff. Or we can do what Paul tells Timothy to do. Look, God's got a destiny. God's got a purpose for you. God's got a plan for your life. So, Timothy, look, man, your faith is genuine and your faith is real. Here's what you've got to do. You've got to stir up the gift of God on the inside of you. You've got to keep it blazing, man. You've got to keep the red-hot flame of the Holy Spirit burning bright and burning real on the inside of you. No one else can do it for you. Timothy, I'm writing to you. This letter is just getting to you and some time has elapsed and you find yourself right in the thick of things. Here's what you have to do, Timothy. I'm for you. Don't ever doubt that. There's people on your side. Don't ever doubt that. But where you are right now, you have to strengthen yourself in God. No one else can pray for you to do that. No one else can stand there for you to do that. Timothy, you've got to dig deep in the things of God and keep yourself stirred. And Christian, that is where we find our life most of the time. Things happening to us, things happening around us, stuff going on on the inside of us that's just not right. And we're not settled about some things. What do we do? Stir up God's gift in you. Be reminded of what God has for you. Stir your faith. Keep the things of God burning bright and burning ablaze and and using 
what Paul said, Timothy, God didn't give you a spirit of fear or timidity. You don't have to be fearful of what's going on. You don't have to be timid about the people around you or the situations going on. God didn't give you a spirit like that. He gave you a spirit of power, gave you a spirit of love, and he gave you a spirit of self-discipline. So use that self-disciplining spirit of God in you to stir yourself up. We often become complacent and lethargic in our faith because we stop stirring up the gift of God on the inside of us. And no one else can do it for us but ourselves. The spiritually mature learn to encourage themselves in the things of God. Not that people aren't important, not that God doesn't use people, not that he won't ever do that, he will. But in the moments and the times of life when that's not going on, friend, we've got to be consistent in stirring up ourselves in the things of God. Amen? You can't wait for the preacher to say the right word, for your ear to be pricked and your heart to be turned in order for it to happen. Can it happen? It can. Will it happen? Hopefully so. But in the moments of time when that's not going on, what do you do? You've got to stir yourself in the things of God. Now, God uses community. He uses people. He uses the church to do that. Like yesterday with our men's fellowship, left feeling high, man, in a good way, left feeling built up in my faith, left feeling secure in my relationships with the men of this church. God used that to do that. He will do those things, and he uses those things. He uses the fabric of, of, of the church to do that with one another. But on our own, Paul's saying, look, you got to do it yourself too. And I'm reminded of this story of, of David, King David. He had been, uh, been in, a, in a difficult place. It was in, it's in 1 Samuel chapter 30, and David had 600 strong, mighty men following him, and they were in battles together, and and they had come back from a battle, and they were coming back to their town, and, and they discovered that their town was set on fire by the Amalekites. Their wives and their children were taken away, and they was left with nothing. And it, and, and it said that, that David's 600 men and him, they, they were so bitter in their soul, so distraught, they cried. They cried to the point of exhaustion. And then, if that's not enough, the 600 men talked about and contemplated stoning David, killing David. Hey, you're the leader. You've got us in this mess. We're going to take you out, man. This isn't cool. This isn't good. And so David found himself in a place where there was no one around him who could encourage him. They were looking to be against him. And so David found himself, you could say, alone. Those surrounded by people, but yet alone. Anybody ever been there? You don't have to raise your hand, but anybody ever? I've been there. I know what that's like, to be surrounded by people, but yet feel alone. Yeah. What did David do? He, the Bible said in verse 6, 1 Samuel 30, verse 6, David strengthened, encouraged himself in the Lord his You're all going to find yourself there. You probably have already in life by now. You're going to find yourself there again at some point. People left you. People abandoned you. People not for you. People not telling you what you need to hear or want to hear. What do you do? You've got to go to the source. You've got to go straight to heaven's throne. You've got to go where Jesus is. 
and you got to seek Him. Seek His hand, seek His affirmation, and encourage yourself in the things of God. You know, our, the, the foundation and the framework of our faith has to be fulfilled and built by God Himself. We can't substitute our faith to be created and done by what somebody else does or thinks about us. It has to be done by God. So our, the foundation, the frame of, of our faith must be in the Lord Himself. We must learn to be dependent on God and less dependent on the things we see. Because the things we see are temporal. The things we see will come and, pass, will come and go. They don't last forever. They're good while, it's, while, while it lasts, right? I mean, it's good while it lasts, but it's going to go. And so we have to learn to become more dependent upon God who is perfect in all of his ways. See, that is the thing about God. He is perfect in all of his ways and he won't let us down. We might not get what we want. We could be tempted to throw temper tantrums here and there or wine or whatever. But really, God knows what is best for our life, right? And that's why we have to look to him and the thing about it is the Bible reveals the character of God through his name. We sang a song earlier about it. I think we've sang it the last three weeks, which is awesome. I actually requested it for today because I thought that would be perfect for what the Lord had laid on my heart to share with you. And that is the name of Jesus, the name of God. Not only is it beautiful, but it's powerful. It's majestic. But the Bible reveals the character of God through his name. And there's different displays of God's name throughout the Bible. I've, only, I've chosen just a few. There's thousands of displays of God's character and His name. We're going to look at a few here today. You guys got a few minutes? All right. Let's look at this. One of, the, one of the revealing parts of God's character through His name is, is in His name when he, when he says, I am Jehovah Jireh. You can read about this in Genesis 22, verse 14 with Abraham. Jehovah Jireh. Jireh, it means the Lord will provide. Anybody ever had God provide for you? All your hands should go up because whether you know it or not, God actually is the one who provides for you. And so as we, as we put our faith and our trust in the Lord, we do so knowing that He is the one who will provide for our life. He will provide and meet our needs and He will put, put, put it in our hands. He will get, and, and let me tell you this, there are some ways God works that I don't get. Anybody ever had the kind of math done with your finances? And you're like, I should be negative, but I'm positive right now. I, I, I should be red, but I'm in the black. Yeah, it does, sometimes it just doesn't add up, right? And you do all you know to do. You aim to be a good steward, to try to practice stewardship principles and become better at managing your money and your time and your resources. But then there are still moments where, where did that come from? How did that get to me? And there are some unconventional methods and ways God works that I don't understand, but yet I'm thankful that he'll get to me because as long as I look to him, he's always going to look at me. Amen? So if you want him looking at you, you got to look to him. But Jehovah Jireh, begin to put our trust in our, in our affirmation of our needs being met in whom? Jehovah 
Jireh, the Lord, is the one who will provide for me. So if you're in a place of life right now where it's hard, it's difficult, especially financially and different things, practice the principles of God's word to tithe, to give, to sow into the, into the things of the Lord, and it always comes back. He is a promise fulfiller. He has a way of doing it, okay? You've got to trust him, and you've got to do it more than one time. He's got to know that you trust him. Amen. He's got to know that you trust him. You've got to know in your heart that you trust him. It does not just, uh, it's, not, it's not the band, one arm bandit in a, in, a, in a casino where you, boom, put your dollar in and pull it and like, whoo, I hit the jackpot with God. No, you've got to practice being faithful yes. with him. Amen? Practice it. And I'm telling you, he will never forsake you. He will never leave you. And he will never abandon you. The Lord our God will provide. Here's another name for the Lord, Jehovah Rapha. You can read about it in Exodus 15, verse 26 with Moses. And it means, Jehovah Rapha means the Lord that heals. Not only does he provide, but he heals. The Lord that heals. He is the great physician that will heal and can heal our physical and our emotional needs. There's... The nature of God, the character of God, he, he likes to display himself to show that he can heal our disease, that he can heal our needs. He can heal us. I, mean, I know there's questions and they've got the other sides of those angles. Well, what about in the times when he didn't and people died? I get it. There, Ecclesiastes tells us we will never, never understand the mysteries of God and how he works. But it doesn't defeat and doesn't take away from his character of his name, Jehovah Rapha, the Lord that heals. Amen? That he is that. So put your faith in him. Put your trust in him. That he heals. That he heals. Not only the physical, but inside. Inside the things we can't see. The things people don't know going on inside of us, that God wants us whole. Amen? He wants us whole. It's part of his nature, part of his character. Here's another one, Jehovah Raha. Jehovah Raha. You can read about it in Psalm 23, verse 1, David's psalm, the psalm. It says, the Lord is my shepherd. Jehovah Raha means the Lord, my shepherd, where he feeds and he cares and he leads his flock to good pasture. Here's the thing about the Lord, our shepherd, is that as you look to him, you trust him, he will guide you and he will get you where you need to go. You need to be affirmed in the direction of your life. Ask him. Talk to him. Now, you may be going in a direction that he doesn't want you to go. And you've got to be willing to accept him saying, turn around, go the other way. If you want to go the way he wants you to go. And there are times where you're just unsure about what you're doing, about maybe should I take this job, should I go to this school, should I move here, should I marry this person, should I even consider this individual, should, whatever it is. He will affirm the direction for your life if you really want to know what he has to say about it. Amen? If you really want to know, he'll lead you, he'll guide you, Here's another one, Jehovah Shammah. Jehovah Shammah. You can read about it in Ezekiel 48. Jehovah Shammah means the Lord is there. The Lord is there. 
So what we can learn from, one of the things we can learn from about this part of his name, his character about the Lord is there, is that he does not abandon you in your trials. But he is there to restore. Anybody ever have any trials? If you don't, man, I need to talk to you some more. I need to rub up against you a little more if you don't have any trials. Actually, I'd rather rub up against people who have had trials because they still, they're still going. They're still here. They've still got life. They might be wounded. They might be tired, but they still got movement in their life. That means they've been through something. That means they probably can tell me something, right? Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there in our trials. He is there to restore. And you got to hold on to that. Being affirmed. If you're in the middle of a battle, you're in the middle of a trial right now, here's the thing. You need to trust in the affirming name of God that He is there. You may feel like, man, He's silent. I can't hear Him. I don't see Him. I, I, don't, I don't feel Him. You need to trust. You look to Him. That he is Jehovah Shema. He is the Lord who is there in the midst of your trial, and he will restore so long as you continue to look to him. Amen? Let's look at another one. You got time for a couple more? Jehovah Sidkenu. The T is silent. It's capital T. The T is silent. Jehovah Sidkenu. You can read about that in Jeremiah 33. Jehovah Sidkenu means the Lord our righteousness. The Lord our righteousness, which in a simple definition of that means to be straight, meaning this, Jehovah Sitkanu, the Lord my righteousness, he makes my crooked life straight. He makes my crooked life straight. I think a lot of us probably can find ourselves in a, in a, in a time where Life seems to be topsy-turvy at times. Life has a lot of turns, a lot of angles, a lot of curves, right? But the Lord, Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness, he makes the crooked part of my life straight again. That he will lead me again. All of these working simultaneously in our life, all these different aspects and character parts of God, the affirming name of God, he will make my life straight. When I don't really know what lies ahead, when I don't know what's around the corner, don't worry, don't fret, trust, trust, he's going to make it straight. He's going to make it straight. And then he has ways of continuously affirming where he's taking us. Here you go. No, here's another one. You guys with me? Jehovah Shalom. You can read about that in Judges chapter 6 with Gideon. Jehovah Shalom means the Lord is peace. The Lord is peace. So in strife and in turmoil, God is peace. All of these touch different parts of our life. All these different names, meanings, definitions. They touch different parts of our life. We're going to find ourselves in a time of strife and turmoil at times. But what do we do? Do we give in to it? Do we yield to the suffocating subjects that are happening around us? What do we do? Do we just like, ah, oh, enough's enough. I can't handle it anymore. I'm done. I, I just did nothing ever is going to turn around. Nothing's ever going to change. 
What do we do? I must be losing my mind. I feel heavy. I feel burdened. I feel lost. What do we do? Do we give in to that? No. What you find, when you find yourself in a place like that, look up to heaven and remember, Jehovah Shalom, He is peace in the midst of my turmoil, in the midst of my strife. He is my peace. I can have a sane mind. I can have clear thoughts. I can, I can see the way I need to see. The fog might be in front of me, but I know I have peace because God is my peace. Amen? When things are happening around me and the storms are going off all around me and the lightning's flaring off, what, what happens? God is there. He can be peace in the midst of a storm. Anybody ever been in a storm? Not a, like naturally, but you know, figuratively, spiritually, you've been in storms and you're like, I hear it, I feel it, it's scary and it's confusing, but God has given me peace because he is peace. Amen? Here's the last one I'll, I'll end on is this, is Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Nisi. You can read about it in Exodus chapter 17. It means this, Jehovah Nisi means the Lord is our banner. Now this one used to kind of perplex me a little bit until really the Holy Spirit gave some revelation on it to me this week. The Lord our banner, because I was like, ah, I'm not going to talk about that one. But the Lord is our banner, what does that really mean? And all this stuff. Naturally thinking, and I was like, okay, Holy Spirit, talk to me. What is this? I need to know, and it's pretty cool. Here's, here's what it gets into. In, in, in battles, what would happen is the, the opposing nations would take their own flag, and they would put it up in front, on the front lines of the battle, in front of their own army, and it would be a sign of hope and a focal point that, hey, this is what we're fighting for. This is what we're in this for. And they would see in the middle of their trenches, in the middle of their battles, they could look up and they could see their nation's flag in front of them. And the Jehovah Nisi, the Lord, our banner, in our battles, He is our flag that flies on the front lines in front of us as a sign of encouragement and hope and a focal point. Oh, this is who is with me. This is the army that I'm on. I'm on the winning side. I'm on the winning one. I will overcome. And so as long as I will look in the middle of my battle, I will look up and I will see the Lord, my banner in front of me in the middle of what I am going through. I can have hope. I can have encouragement. And I have a place to look to keep my eyes focused on the prize. Jesus who is before me, Jesus who is with me, the Lord who is in the middle of this battle, He is there in my trial, He is there in my turmoil, He is there in the middle of life, He is there when that co-worker snapped at me, He is there when my boss didn't appreciate me, He is there when my mom and dad got on to me, He is there when things are happening, He is there when the mechanic said, can't be fixed, going to cost a lot of money, He is there when the doctor said not going to be easy for you the rest of your life. He is there. What do you do? Who do you look to? Help! Sydney, sing. What a beautiful name it is. Please, I got to have your voice in my ear. What do you do? Pastor Prentice, prophesy over me. Please give me a word. What do you do? Jeremy, lay your hand on me, man. You got healing in your leg. What do you do? None of them are around. What do you do? He's a banner over me. 
And he's flying in front of me, letting me know, you're not alone. You're not alone. There's hope. I'm with you. I'm with you. And friend, as good as it is to get a natural hand laid on my shoulder to tell me, it's good, you're all right, you're going to make it, there's nothing that compares to the hand of God on your life that says, I am with you. You might feel insane right now, but I am your peace. You might not know what to think or what to say or what to do, but I am there and I will restore. You're thick in a battle of life right now, but here, look up to me from where your help comes from. And I am right there with you. I never left you. I never forsaked you. I never abandoned you. Child of mine, I know it's hard. I know I get, I feel you. God does. He feels us. I know the burden you bear. I know the struggle is real. I know there are things you don't really look forward to in your life. I know you wish things were a little different, maybe way different for you. But I, your Lord, your God, am with you. So what do you do when you find yourself abandoned? Well, Paul finished it strong in chapter 4. Verse 16, he tells Timothy, he's wrapping up the letter, and he says, well, the first time that I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. Everyone abandoned me. He said, Timothy, what I've, what I've been telling you to do is not something I have not done myself or, ha- or I am presently doing. He said, people left me. People abandoned me. Nobody stood up for Paul. What did I do? He said, this is what I did. Verse 17, the Lord, the Lord stood with me. Players of the name, the Lord, the owner of my life and my destiny, my master, my Messiah stood with me. Friend, what do you do when no one else is standing with you? Put your trust in the affirming name of the Lord, the owner of your life and your destiny, your master, your Messiah, he will stand with you. Paul knew that. Paul felt that. But he also said this, the Lord, the owner of my life and destiny, my master, my Messiah, gave me strength. There's only one surety in life, and that is the name of the Lord. He will stand with you, but he will also give you strength so long as you look to him. And trust in Him. He said, that's not all I felt. He said, I also... He said, the Lord rescued me, the owner of my life and destiny, my master, my Messiah, rescued me from death, from the mouth of the lion. Rescued me. He stood with me. He gave me strength. But He also rescued me. Friends, I think we've probably all been rescued by God more times than we realized it. Because he's working constantly behind the scenes on our behalf. 
rescuing us. But he said also, he said, yes, and the Lord, the owner of my life and destiny, my master, my Messiah, the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and he will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. Ultimately, your trust in the name of God, in the name of the Lord your God, will bring you safely into heaven. Our ultimate destination. But while on earth, we got a life to live. We can't be down. We can't give in. We can't lay down and wait, raise the white flag of surrender to the enemy. No. We must encourage ourselves in the name of the Lord. Be reminded of that today. Amen. Can you stand? I would like to pray for you today. Bow our heads. If you're here today and, and this is real to you, what's been happening in this service, I just want to, li- just want to pray for you. If you'll just lift your hands, please pray for me especially. I know we could all use the prayer and I could use the practice, but especially if this hit home today. Just lift your hands in a matter of receiving. You're not doing it for me. You're doing it for yourself, between you and the Lord. Hallelujah. Father, I thank you so much for for your great love for our life. Your great devotion and commitment, your covenant to us. And Lord, I know at times we're not faithful like we should be. I know at times we don't always do the right things. We try, we aim to, we want to be well-pleasing. And then at times in life we're soaring, we're going, we're moving, we're headed in the right direction, but we still go through stuff. We still face trials. We still face strife. We still have to deal with the realities of this world. And it has a great effect upon our hearts. has great effect upon our souls. And Lord, today we acknowledge we need you. We need you. And I pray today, especially for those whose hands are raised to you today to say, help me, I want to be strong in being strengthened by my God. That I don't want to be immature spiritually. I want to grow spiritually and become more mature and learn to stir myself up, learn to encourage myself, learn to be affirmed between God and me on my own. That I want to grow in you, Lord. I want to be greater in you, God. I want to be more faithful. Today, O oh God, by your Spirit, I pray, touch every life. Encourage every heart. Holy Spirit, stir every soul here today to be more mindful that when others aren't around, and there's not a person I can Snapchat with or text or call, that your line is always open 
that I can encourage myself in the Lord. I pray we would all live in that place. I pray we would all experience that position of relationship with you. Though at times we will get encouragement and affirmation from others, there are times when it will not happen. And we need to still encourage ourselves in the Lord. So today, Holy Spirit, I pray, fill us fresh and anew. Touch our life. Lead us. Charge us so, so we will be strong in the ways of your kingdom, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody who believes in the name of Jesus, say amen. Amen. You believe that for yourself? You believe that for your family? You believe that for the church of God? Amen. You believe that? Amen. Come on. Praise the Lord.